didn't the children, the kids, just show off this morning? I'm glad it's not a competition that I would have to preach as well as they sing because I would be in trouble. Amen. We do thank the Lord. Could you just make contact with someone just briefly there, Father? God, we thank you, dear Lord, for this day, dear Lord, for your anointing, dear God, your power, dear God, your strength in this place. Thank you, dear God, for the season that's upon us, dear Lord. We thank you for your keeping power, dear God. The promises that you have made, dear God, and the promises that you have kept. And we thank you, Lord, for being able to be in a house, the privilege to be in the house of the Lord today. We thank you for so many wish they could, dear God, but aren't able now. We thank you for sparing lives. We thank you, dear God, for delivering souls. We thank you for revival, dear God. Not just all over the country and all over the world, dear God, but even within our hearts, we thank you today. And we honor you and we glorify you in Jesus' name. Now, would you praise him like he is your God? I don't have a particular Christmas theme today. I sometimes feel stressed out about those things. I believe that Christmas itself, the very virtue that Christ was born, is not a seasonal thing. But it's an everyday thing. And so when we say things like Jesus is the reason for the season, it has absolutely nothing to do with December the 25th. It has everything to do with 365 every day, right? He's a reason for every season. Amen. And if that's the case, no matter if it feels good or not, he's still the reason for it. And we thank him on the mountaintop and... We thank him down in the valley and we worship him regardless of how it feels or what it looks like or what we have or what we're missing. We praise him. Can I, can I get a witness in here today that said, uh, if it really had not been for you, Lord. So I can shout now. I can shout now regardless, regardless of my circumstance. I can shout now. When you can learn to shout broke. When you can learn to shout when you got a little ache and pain in your body. When you, when you can learn just to praise him. When everybody walks out of your life. When you can learn to praise him. When the person sitting next to you is dead as a doorknob. When you can learn to praise him. Then you understand Jesus is the reason for my season in my tears I praise you come on in my laughter I praise you I believe the scripture says let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord amen 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 you can be seated in the house amen in the book of Psalms now don't 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 Go to sleep on me. Amen. I believe that God has something for us. I, I don't take it lightly. Amen. And I, there is something about being in the house of the Lord where there is a move of God that happens on the ordinary where you don't have to pump it and prime it. Do you understand what I mean? Where you don't have to try to force it to happen. Where you can walk in the room and the lights are down and nobody's in here but you. But the spirit of God is moving. 
Well, you can drive by and pull on the parking lot and something begins to leap in you just because the power and the authority is in the house already. Because the atmosphere has been set. Amen. And it is set by the people of God loving him enough not only to invite him in, but to invite him to stay. Because sometimes, is that real? Sometimes we invite him in. But we only want him to stay long enough to cure our sickness, to change our circumstance. And then we say, you can go home now because I'm good. But when you're around real people of God, you'll find out they're not inviting him in. They're inviting him to stay. I, I don't want you to ever leave me. I don't want to ever leave you. I believe it was David says, take not thy spirit away from me. I, I don't want to lose out on what God has for me. If it is chastisement, God chastise me. Oh, y'all saying right, but everybody's not with that. If, if, it's, if, it, if it's blessings, because see, we understand blessings as tangible things, but sometimes the blessing is God saying no. Can you praise him for the doors he shut that you were trying to hold open? God has a desire for his people to love him. Not because what he can do for us. Or not even because of what he has done for us. But just because he is. You understand? There are people that we find. Am I okay right now? All right. As long as you're okay with me. And Bishop hasn't thrown nothing at me. We're good. Uh, there are people who will... Uh, go after people because they can get something from them. There are people who say, I'm not going to date them because they don't have a bank account big enough. And so they look for more stuff. Why? Because they're interested in what they can get from the people, but never what they can give. And so God, God, God says, listen here, listen here. I am going to give you free will. I'm going to allow you to choose to love me. Or choose not to. He could just force us. We could be robots right now. He could make it robotic and you just have to worship. You just have to serve. He could push a button and it just automatically happens. But that's not what he wants. He wants a genuine relationship with us. Amen. That will go through the test of time. The test of times. Uh, if you've been married for any season, you understand the test of times. You understand that. That uh, my wife and I have been married a few years, just a little while. And uh, through those years, there have been tests and trials through that. There have been days when we had plenty. And there's been days where we wish we had something. And through those things, we stuck together and we grew. And our love didn't waver whether or not. I thank God for a woman who says, I'll stick with that broke man. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And so the same thing with God. God is trying to get us to understand. It has absolutely nothing to do with what I'm doing for you right now. It has nothing to do with that. Because I, the test of my love or your love for me is never found in what I'm doing for you. Except for the fact that, that sometimes the dangerous place is being in a place of blessing, though. Because at that place... We find ourselves getting so confident within our position that we forget our purpose and we forget who brought us to the place. And so it's a dangerous place to get there because and that's the and we have we have a house full of blessed people. Please do not look at the blessing, but please pay attention to the blessor. We can't focus on it because when it's gone, then we're mad and we, we lose our faith and we lose our, our relationship with God because he ain't doing it for me now. We get that, and I'm, please don't backslide, but we get that mindset, what have you done for me lately? And we began to think, and God, if, if you were real, you wouldn't allow me to go through this, and you wouldn't allow me to have to suffer, and you wouldn't allow this to happen, and you wouldn't allow that to happen, and you wouldn't allow storms to come through in the middle of the Christmas season and, and tear up whole communities and lives are lost. You wouldn't allow those things to happen if you loved me. You wouldn't allow that to happen. But no, that's the mindset that the enemy wants to tell you. 
Because what we forget to think about is the houses that the storms jumped over. We forget about how God spared some others. We forget about, amen, the prayers of the righteous that kept things from not happening that, that should have happened. We forget about all of that because the enemy will cause you to focus on the tragedy and not on what God has done for you. Can you praise him, amen, right now for where you are regardless of what you have? Can you begin to say, God, whatever season that you have me in, I am happy to be in it because I realize I'm not here by myself. And loss is a part of life, and I don't make little of anything. Loss is a part of life, but the reality of it is, is that I don't live here to stay here. Oh, y'all miss that. You miss that. I don't live to stay on planet Earth. This is not something that I desire to do forever. And in order for us to transition from here, Amen. An ending to mortality has to come so that we can put on immortality. But we don't like the things that come with that. We get frustrated. We're, we have Goshen reports about the things that God has blessed us with and more jobs and, and, and doubling of salaries. And, and that's prophetic and that's an answer to the word of God. But somebody lost a job. Somebody didn't get the promotion. But can you still praise him anyhow? Yeah. And I, I do want to work with this. Just if y'all don't mind, I know I, 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 I'm sounding like I'm, I'm just being a little monotone right now. I, I, but this is just how I feel. I'm going to get into the scripture in a second. But I, there's some things that I, 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 I feel in my spirit that I really, really need to get out. And maybe it's just for me. And if it is, you tell me after church. Yes, brother. Amen. That was for you. <laughs> but what I love about real people of God is the fact that they can be penniless holding a folded crumpled up eviction notice in their pocket and their neighbor in the church can stand up and say, I've just got a raise. And you'll not look at that crumbled up paper in your pocket, but you'll get up and you will shout with them. Knowing that your lights are off when you get home and your refrigerator is empty, but I am not going to stop me. Let that stop me from praising God for him blessing somebody next to me. Why? Because I understand the principle that if he did it for them, he's going to do it for me. And so sometimes we worry about it. When will it be my turn? When will it be? It's happening for everybody else, but it's not happening for me. I'm giving, I'm doing everything right, but nothing is happening for me. How do you know? How do you know what brake was pushed on a car by an angel that stopped you? You don't And so we get caught up in some things that we ought not. We began to look at some things that we ought not. And I come to tell you that each and every one of us have days where we're weak. And so the Bible said, let the strong what? Bear the infirmities of the weak. The interesting portion of the concept of being weak is that there's always someone weaker. Yeah. In your weakest, there's always someone weaker. So that makes you stronger than the weaker. And so there's sometimes when you're weak, but you still have to bear the infirmities of someone weaker. Does that make good sense? And so when you deviate from coming to church because you're in a weak state, you're allowing somebody weaker to be without help. Oh. And so we have to realize that no matter what I'm going through, somebody's going through something worse than me. 
And not only am I there to help them, but watch what happens. When I come into the church, oh, come on somebody, and somebody gets to running the aisles and begins to shout, I might have came in feeling like I had no hope and had no way out, but by the time, amen, it's over, I realize that my help met me right where I was at. And so we can't quit. We can't back down. We can't stop. We, we have to stay in the fight. We, we can never let things begin to cause us to backpedal. Uh, reality is life is life and life gets in the way. But God, amen, is still the way. <laughs> amen. And so Vince Lombardi said uh, in one of his many quotes, he says, winners never quit. And quitters never win. Winners never quit. In other words, it doesn't matter how rough it gets. I'm not going to quit. I, if you know Hope, Hope has a church full of uh, people in college. And you would be surprised at how many of them come to me and saying it's too much. I want to stop. Well, I'm in, I'm in the master's plan and program now, and, and the homework is more and this, and I won't have time to come to church. And I said, don't you dare replace your education for God. And I'll tell them, you can do both. You can do both. You'd be surprised at how many of them always want to back down because things began to get rough or a grade drops a little bit and they're saying, oh, no, I can't, I can't keep doing this. I can't, I can't because, because it's, just, it's just too much. It's too much. Anybody ever been to the place of too much? It's just too much. I just can't handle enough. You know, that's the last straw. I can't do it. And I encourage them, not because I'm special, but just because I speak to them. And I say, you can because I know they're special. And beyond that, I know that they can do it because God has never brought you to something that he won't bring you through. Ah, come on. He's never done that. And so I tell them, you cannot quit. You can't quit church. You can't quit God. And you can't quit your school. You can't do none of them. Why? You're going to make it. And so we have graduations that happen. And they look back. And you know what, Bishop? Sometimes they forget the fact that I told them they could make it. They just happy they made it. They forgot that they were going to quit. Huh? But I, I remind them to remind somebody else that where they were, huh, that they made it through so they can help somebody understand along the way. You can make it too. High five your neighbor. Says, I don't care what you're going through. You can make it. And so if I don't get into the scriptures, you're going to think I'm just chit-chatting with you. And so in the book of Psalms, the 119th division. Verse 113, 113, it says, in the, by the way, I'm sorry, in the back, I didn't give you anything, but in the message Bible is the translation I'm going to read it from. It says, I hate the two-faced. But I love your clear-cut revelation. You're my place of quiet retreat. I wait for your word to renew me. I'm going to stay right there. I'm waiting on the renewing. Get out of my life, evildoers, so I can keep my God's command. In other words, I've got to separate myself from some things and some bodies because there are some things and some bodies that are trying their best to cause me to give up on what God has promised me or what I have promised God. Take my side as you promised. I'll live then for sure. Don't disappoint all my grand hopes. Verse 17, stick with me. And I'll be all right. I'll give total allegiance to your definition of life. Again, that's out of the Message Bible. And so here we find that the psalmist is saying that God, you never break a promise. Although there are those around me 
who tried their best to make me stop believing in you. There are those that when I was prophesied to that, that said that you're going to get this. I'm talking to all of us that this is going to happen in your life. As soon as I walked out of the prophetic service, there was a voice that met me on the way out that says it's impossible for that to happen for you. You've heard that a hundred times and it still hasn't happened. When is it going to happen? And so the psalmist began to transition and say, get away from me, you evildoers. Get out. I don't want to listen to your voice any longer. I'm believing in what God is saying. And then he says, God, if you would stick with me, I'm going to be all right. I will give you total allegiance if you stick with me. Now, please understand, if you, the 119th division of Psalms is broken down into various little chapters, and each one of them is quantified by a number. This one would be the 15th. It is called the Samach. And the Samach, the 15th, means strength from God's statutes. Watch this. In other words, it also means we all experience moments of weakness. And so here the psalmist was not trying to be anything but a man saying, I am in need of a God on my side. I have failures in my life. I have mistakes. Do I have any perfect people in here? Thank God nobody raised their hands. I've had that happen. Uh, there are no perfect people in here. And uh, I thank God about that because when I'm not around perfect people, I fit in. Because I'm an imperfect person in an even more imperfect world serving a most perfect God. And when I began to think about how frail I am and how little I have and how many mistakes I make day by day. There's no perfection day by day. And some of the things that, that try to enter in and some of the voices that try to enter in and some of the things and the thoughts that try to enter in. I am glad that God has not left me. Come on. So I'm just honest with you in this place. There's been times in my life where he had every right to walk out on me. But God, I'm so glad you stuck with me. Oh, come on. I failed you time and time again. And I. But you stuck with me. What kind of God would do that to somebody that doesn't even have a right to be here? But by his grace and by his mercy, he's allowed me to understand that he understands my frailties. He understands my failures. He understands my mess. He understands me better than I understand myself. And so he says, I am your strength. I'm with you even when you want to walk out on you. I, I love you. Come on. Regardless, I'm not concerned with your pedigree. I'm not concerned with your FICO. I'm not concerned with any of those things. That does not have anything to do with how much I love you. In other words, I love you broke, busted, and disgusted. Uh, come on. I love you when you have plenty. And I love you when you have nothing. Why? Because I am God. I created you and I love you. And so David here begins to say, stick with me. In the book of Joel, or Joel, depending on what part of the country you're from. The second chapter, verse 17, King James, it says, let the priest, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. And let them say, spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach, that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, where is their God? And so we find here that there is a time when we are going through that the devil is in position priming us to give a bad report. Y'all don't, don't catch this. 
when you're down and out, your praise has to show the devil that no matter what he does to you, you will not be moved like a tree planted by the water. It doesn't matter if the storm winds blow. It doesn't matter what happens. I will not bow to what the enemy said. Why? Because the enemy is trying to use my anointing in reverse to allow the world to say, where is it, your God right now? And I'm speaking to some of us in this place right now. We have even asked that God, where are you? Where you at, Lord? Where you been? Where, didn't you see what happened? Did you, didn't you see what's going on? Didn't you, didn't you hear my cries? Didn't you see where I'm at? And he said, baby, just stick with me. Uh, trust the process. Just, just stick with me. Uh, come on, weeping, yeah, yeah, it's going to endure. It didn't say it wasn't. It's going to endure. But it has a time ending. It's not going to last forever. Weeping will endure for the night, but joy, the Bible says uh, that joy cometh when? In the morning. Now, please understand, I don't want to play one word, but morning sometimes, the word morning, is also used for a time where you are in distress. Uh -huh. I don't get with the spelling. I get you. But there, I'm trying to help you uh, that weeping may endure for the night uh, through the hours of your darkness. But morning time amen watch out now it has nothing to do with the changing from light to dark it has everything to do with the changing of an attitude because my morning can fall right at 10 o'clock at night it doesn't matter about the clock baby it has everything to do with when I make my mind up I'm going to stick with him Though you slay me, yet will I trust you. It doesn't matter. And so while I'm asking God to stick with me, there has to be, hey man, a partnership where he's saying stick with me. Let him know. Serve the devil notice. Let him know you can't stop what God has put into action. If you thought the enemy was going to just let you be blessed without a battle, you've lost your mind. He's good at this. And he understands that some people will listen to the voice of the enemy. And will give a billboard huh, of advertisement that the church can't help you. That God don't love you. And that the pastor don't care nothing about you. Because you're listening to the voice of the adversary. But that's when you need to understand that you have to go back. I come on to uh, the book of Psalms and find the scripture where it has told you, just stick with me. Because uh, there's times that we, we will begin to slip. Yeah, yeah, you, Saints of God don't slip, do they? They don't slip. Yes, you do. Just don't fall. And if you fall, don't stay down. Because the devil desires to hold you there as an advertisement for him. But what happens? Let me help you with this. What happens? What happens? And I know, I know this is corny and we just, people just think, I, y'all just weird people. And amen for that. But uh, they, they, they began to look at you kind of strange. But what happens when they give you your pink slip? And you dance. That went over somebody, young people, that means you got fired. Uh, what happens when they tell you it's time to leave? You can't stay here no longer. And you just begin to shout. And they begin to look at you like, what's wrong with you? You're saying, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm having a stick with me moment. I'm having a moment right now where it really don't, I, I've got to stay right here. Stick, stick with me. Uh, 
Why? Because the enemy is trying to utilize whatever, whatever, whatever to try to get you to stop uh -huh, worshiping him. Huh? Just stop. Don't do it. Don't, don't worship God. Don't believe God. Prayer don't work. That's what he wants to tell you. But I'm here to tell you prayer works. Uh, come on. Prayer works. Not just the babbling of voices. Amen. But a connection with God. It works. It moves mountains. Things begin to change. Uh, come on. It will give you joy. Come on. Right in the middle of your midnight hour. It will begin to cause you to understand that you are in control. Watch this. Of your environment and your atmosphere. Do you know how much power you have in you? You can change the very atmosphere by saying, devil, I'm not giving you one more moment. I'm going to praise him right here regardless of what anybody else thinks says why because I'm sticking with you what did God promise you stick with it no 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 I, I tried I, I I made my faith promise I made my pledges but soon as I did see we talk about the good stuff we talk about the doubling of stuff because that's good stuff but as soon as I made that, unexpected bills came in. As soon as I made that, trouble began to, kids began to act up. Spouse began to act up. Things just began to happen. They began to talk about freezes on the job and shutdowns. And I just don't know what I can do now. All you can do is stick with him. I'm not worried about anything else. If I stick with him, amen, then there's nothing impossible. If I stick with him, I don't have to worry about it. But as long as I listen to the voice of reason, as long as I listen to that and don't change the environment or the atmosphere, then it's on me. Did you know, by the way, just because I feel like saying something just goofy, uh, that your, <laughs> amen, thank you for giggling with me. Uh, that your attitude determines your altitude. In other words, your ability to climb to the heights where God has and wants for you to go is determined about your attitude while you're going through it. It has nothing to do about you getting there. It has everything to do about how you get there. Come on, it's like when you give, amen. If you're a cheerful giver, that means everything. Yes, he'll take money from a grump. Yes, but when you're a cheerful giver, the Bible lets you know that there is a special prize there. There's a little more love on it. Are y'all understanding me? It's all about how you do it. It's how you enter in. It's how you move. It's all those things. Because if not, you will find yourself, amen, giving your heritage or your promise, if you would, to the reproach. Because the enemy wants you to fail. And he wants you to fail badly. That's why he, well, no, why I'm trying to behave. That's why he will send them into your life. Well, you know, nowadays it's either them, those, we, what? They will send them into your life. They will send him into your life or her into your life or she, the, way, way, whatever kind into your life. And, and, and all of a sudden now you're so confused because your emotions have begun to be stirred up. And now the atmosphere begins to change and the enemy wants to steal your promise. Come on, somebody. You need to look at that devil and tell him, baby, I am not falling for a bowl of beans. My birthright is far more important than the beans you're trying to bring up in here. I'm sticking with him. The author and the finisher of my faith. second chapter verse 23 it says be glad then be glad when then somebody say then thank you are you with me be glad when then when is then now right now be glad then sometimes you just gotta have one of those uh, you know apostle moments and think yourself happy 
Be glad then, children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you, the Bible says, the former rain moderately. In other words, he's saying that I have blessed you with just enough. And he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain. And then it says, and the latter rain when in the first month. And the rain obviously uh, is dealing with the ability to grow your crops, which deals with you being able to reap what? Your harvest. And so if God does not, first of all, if he doesn't give you seed, you have no harvest. If he doesn't give you soil, you have no harvest. If he doesn't give you rain, you have no harvest. Are you paying attention? And so everything belongs to him. Nothing belongs to me because he owns the whole world and the fullness thereof. Everything belongs to him and not to me, but he gives it to us. But then he lets us know that it's my choice to rain or not to rain. It's my choice to water it or to make it fertile or not to make it fertile. And so I'm going to give you a little bit because every now and then we just need a little bit. How many need a little bit right now? Just a little bump right now. I'm going to give you a little moderate rain, but my promise is that that's not the end. Oh, come on. I'm here to tell you, buddy. Some of us just settle for the little blessing when God is trying to give you everything. And some of us just get caught up on the, is that it? That's all I'm getting? Well, thank you, Jesus. Anyway, you bless me. I'll be satisfied. And I'm not against that, amen. But the reality of it is, is that's not the conclusion. Are you hearing me? Walking out of Egypt wasn't the end. Being walking around 40 years wasn't the end. Come on, crossing the Red Sea wasn't the end. That wasn't the goal. That wasn't the promise. It was just part of it. I told them a while ago sometimes, and please, please, this is going to wreck you, and I apologize in advance, and I may get rebuked for it, but the promise has absolutely nothing to do with your faith. Uh Uh-oh. I told you, y'all like, "Uh uh-uh, wait a minute, hold on, man, that ain't right, that ain't right, you wrong. No, absolutely right, I am right. It has everything to do with you receiving your promise, but it has nothing to do with the promise because the promise exists with or without you. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm going whether you go or not. Oh, y'all got tight on me on that, right? Y'all like, I don't need, Bishop, can I clap on that? I don't know. The reality of it is your faith will determine where you go, but it does not determine where your neighbor goes. I'm not going to allow nobody to separate me from my God. I'm going to stick with him. Come hell or high water, let's go. If I gotta put on wading boots, let's go. I'm staying with you. Through the storm, through the rain, yeah. Through the sunshine, through the joy, and yes, through the pain, I'm gonna stick with you. I'm not gonna let some fuddy duddy half time part time saint stop me from achieving what God has promised me. So while you say, I thank him for the drips, I thank him for the drips, I'm gonna say, God, I thank you for the drips, but I'm anticipating the promise, I'm anticipating the flood, I'm anticipating the tsunami, I'm believing the windows of heaven are opening up, I'm believing, oh God, it might not come today, but I know it's on its way. Why? Because you said it, and I'm gonna stick with you. But the evidence is, I don't care what the evidence says. I believe the report of the Lord. And so it goes on and it says, the floors shall be full of wheat. And the fats shall overflow with wine. That's what he's saying, wait a minute. Because I didn't forget that it wasn't over yet. Because I didn't get in that place where I said, this is just how it's going to be. 
mama was a drug addict, so I, I'm going to be a drug addict. Daddy was broke, so I'm going to be broke. Because you didn't settle and say, no, I'm not going to accept what was for what shall be. I'm not going to accept that. Why? Because I made it one day. Come on, to a Bible study, to a church service. And somebody told me that God loved me beyond my faults. And how could he love me? How, how can he love me? Do you know what I've done? No, I don't know what you've done, but he does. And he doesn't care what you've done because he's not looking at where you are. Because his eye is already in your destiny. I don't know about you. Come on. But that makes me feel all right. I can rejoice about that. And then I can say now I feel a little better. Because I had a little reprieve. There was a moderate rain. But I am not settling for the moderation. I, I'm not settling for the least of my promises. I'm going to stick with them until the end. For the race. Is not given to the swift nor the strong. That's why when y'all run, I'll be like, go ahead, of swift. And I see, I'm just picking. I'm just picking because I can't do it <laughs> yet. Uh, and and, and I, I, I look and it's swift or the strong. But to the one that endures, I, I'm locked in now. I'm locked in like a smart bomb. The programming's already set. I can't change direction now. What, there's a building in the way? It don't matter. God will move it or move me around it. There's a circumstance that's blocking me. Mm -mm, I'm not worried about it. Why? God will move it. He'll move it or move me or he'll take me through it. Because there's some things you have to go through. Huh, to encourage you to know that you can. Yeah, y'all missed that, didn't you? There's some things you go through just so you can have a testimony. Because some of us shout on everybody else's testimony because we've never gone through nothing. But without a test, there is no testimony. And so sometimes you're wondering, God, why do you have me right here? Because he's telling you when you come out, there's a brother or a sister over there who's about to go in but you'll be able to tell them while they're in there you can make it how do you know because look at me you see where I am now but this is where I was this is who I used to be and if he can do it for me Everybody that's come out of something right now. Everybody that God drug you out of something. Screaming and hollering. Ought to be praising him. I thank you for sticking with me. I thank you. Every person that was an alcoholic. Every drug addict in this house. Ought to be praising him more than anyone else. Every... Every liar. But we have to learn to stick with him. To stick with him. And the Bible says, not only will I give you all this, but I'm going to restore. Watch this. It says the years. It says the years. Not just the stuff, but the years. In other words, the time that you lost in misery, I'm going to give that back to you in joy. Can you imagine every tear you ever cried in pain? God says, watch this. I'm going to give you that much joy and more. Every sorrow you went through that you thought you could never make it out of, I'm going to give you that much time and more. 
and I will restore the years that the locusts have eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the pommel worm, my great army, which I sent among you. And the Bible says, and ye shall eat in plenty. No more starvation, no more, no more barely making it. And the Bible says, and be what? Satisfied. And praise, because when you're satisfied, he has to remind you to praise. Israel always backslid in the midst of their blessing. He had to remind you, I'm going to give all that back to you, and you will praise. Come on, come on. The name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be ashamed. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God. Somebody is in a moment right now where there's people on your job that don't believe in God. And this moment that you're going through, you don't like it. You don't, you don't feel good in it. But God is saying, when I bring you out, they're going to know, amen, that your God is who he is. That no one else could bring you through it. No one could have brought you out of it. No one, no one could have healed you. No one could have delivered you. Nothing that medicine had given up. People had given up. They, taught, they just they thought it was over. But God is saying, Which, watch what I'm about to do. I'm about to blow their mind. And your family, your people will never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterwards. After all this. That I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Come on. Why are we doing this? Because we're waiting for our sons and daughters to prophesy. The old men to dream dreams. The young men shall see visions. And we know we're in that season now. But somebody has to remember that they have to know about it. Mama, daddy, live right before your baby so they'll know. Live right during the storm so they'll know. Be a praiser and a worshiper and a prayer warrior in the middle of it so they'll know. So, brother, like some of us, the testimony might be, we didn't have nothing but beans and cornbread. But mama and daddy, amen, had a prayer room. And it seems like those were the best beans and cornbread. None of y'all want it right now. Ah, come on with the best we ever had. And they never gave up. And times were hard, but they never stopped believing. And one day, one day, one day, one day, something happened. Ah, come on, little baby. Uh, came to church, uh, came to a meeting, and God filled them with the Holy Ghost. And somebody, the neighbors who've been watching you suffer, said, How in the world did you make it through? And there was a door open for a Bible study, and your neighborhood gets saved. Somebody better understand. Stick with it, stick with him. For it is not determined by your statute. Because he says that I'm going to pour it out on the servants and the handmaids as well. So those, watch this, those who are looking up to you will be blessed. And those who are looking down on you will be blessed. Get to this. Because God is not a respecter of person. He will use you to save your enemy. He wants you to stick because you don't know what prophet, what evangelist is coming out, amen, of an alley somewhere because you lived right before them. You don't know what bank president is going to be delivered because you lived right before them. We don't do this just to do it. We don't just do this to go through the motions. We don't do this just because we do this. Amen, because he's stuck with us. And so today, God, I pray that prayer. I ask that question. Don't leave me. Stick with me. As I travel through this journey, stick with me. And when I began to wander, when I began to 
to move the wrong direction. God, stick with me. Push me back in line. Shove me if it takes it, whatever. But stick with me. Don't give up on me. And church, I'm closing, I'm closing, but I'm here to tell you that that same mindset has to fall. For those who have left church and backslid, stick with them, love them, pray for them, this city, this place. Don't let go, don't let go, don't give up on God. Stick with them, stay there. And come on, if you don't understand anything else, understand that they prayed for me for years before I ever heard them. Stick with them. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't turn back. Stay there. Stay the course. Stick with it. Stick with it. It's coming. Every promise. Every promise. It's on its way. Every promise. We have heard that a hundred times. You're hearing it a hundred more. Every promise is on its way. Just stick with it. Just stay there. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't let nothing turn you away. So today, Sunday, December the 19th, 2021, somebody needs to reconnect. And God said, I've been wandering a little bit in my mind. Outside, it looked good. Everything on the outside, I, I knew how to be religious. I, I knew how to look saved. But inside, I've been troubled. I'm telling you in this place, stick with him. Stick with them, for there's nothing impossible for our God. Nothing impossible, nothing. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it feels like. There's nothing impossible. Come. Come to this altar. Flood this altar. Come on. Come quickly. Come quickly. Come quickly. Cry out to him and say, God, I'm dedicating myself to you. I'm sticking. I'm letting go of things. I'm letting it go. I'm letting go of the anger. I'm letting go of the frustration. I'm letting go of the disappointment. God, stick with me. Uh, 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 uh,